Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the long day of Joshua as we pick up in Joshua chapter 10, verse 8. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. And even in those little things that are troubling you, you're his child. He doesn't like to see you distressed. He doesn't like to see you worried or fretting. He wants to reach out and help you. Don't think of God as way off untouchable, unreachable, unapproachable. As Paul said to the Athenian philosophers, the Epicureans, for in him we live, we move, we have our being. God is interested in us. God wants to demonstrate his presence, his power, his love to you. You have not because you ask not. Become aware of the presence of God. Begin to realize, hey, God is here. God is with me. So God demonstrated here in a very powerful way his interest, his presence to Joshua and to the people. Now, having conquered these kings, they really, at this point, conquered the major enemies within the land. The major conquests were made all at this one shot when these kings came out against them. So from there on, it was almost like just going out and mopping up. So in chapter 11... The other kings, when they heard of what had happened to these kings that had come out against them, they also went out with their host. And these are now the kings that are in the area of the Galilee and Upper Galilee region. In the first three verses, clearing up to Mount Hermon. And they went out and all of their hosts with them, many people, even as the sand is upon the seashore in multitude, with very many horses and chariots. And these kings met together and they came to the waters of Miron to fight against Israel. And the Lord said to Joshua, Be not afraid because of them, for tomorrow about this time I will deliver them all slain before Israel. And thou shalt hew their horses and burn their chariots with fire. So again Joshua came with all of his men suddenly upon these people. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Israel who smote them and chased them even unto Sidon, clearing over the upper part or the lower part of uh, Lebanon there, the upper part of the area of Israel. And Joshua took Hazor, which of course is up in the upper Galilee and, and one of the major cities at that time in that area. And he smote all of those with the edge of the sword and he utterly wiped out uh, the cattle and, and the horses and the chariots, burned the chariots 
and did all this the Lord had commanded Moses to do uh, when they took the land. So verse 23, Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord said unto Moses. Joshua gave it for an inheritance unto Israel according to their divisions by their tribes and the land rested from war. Now, he took the whole land and yet there were pockets that, of resistance that they did not take. There was a failure on their part to inhabit the whole territory that God had given to them. Now God had said, every place you put the sole of your foot, I have given it to you. One of the tragedies was the incomplete conquest of the land. For instance, the Jebusite city of Jerusalem was not taken by Joshua. In fact, it was not taken until the time of David. And David took the city of Jerusalem and hence it was called after that the city of David. But we will read of other areas, Gaza, Ashdod, and so forth, that they did not take at that time. Yet they conquered not all the land. Now, that was a tragedy that they did leave unconquered territory. And because they left it, it did become a problem later on to them. Now in chapter 11, it gives a list of the names of the kings that were in this land that they destroyed or that they that they had come against. And so chapter 12 gives you a, a roster of the kings that they defeated. In chapter 13, now Joshua was old and stricken in years. It means that he was beginning to be a little feeble. The idea of stricken in years uh, refers to more or less the feebleness that oftentimes accompanies old age. And there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. This, as I said, was one of the tragedies. Is their failure to continue until they had taken all of the land that God had promised. Now, there is a sequel to that in our own spiritual lives. As I have told you before, coming into the land of promise and taking the land of promise has as a spiritual sequel the life of victory, the walking in the spirit that God wants you to know, the victory over the flesh and your old flesh life. Now God has promised you victory over your flesh life. It is a victory that all you have to do is go in and claim, lay claim to it. Every place you put your foot, God has given it to you for a possession. Now the tragic thing with so many Christians is they start off in the spirit in a very powerful way. And they make great initial spiritual strides in their lives. But then they will hit a spiritual plateau where a complacency will settle over them. And they are no longer eager for conquest. 
They're no longer really striving towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. But they begin to sort of kick back in spiritual ease and resting upon the past victories. So that oftentimes when you talk to them, their conversation is always of some past spiritual victory and blessing that they experienced in their life. But there's nothing fresh and up to date. Most of the spiritual victories are relegated to some historic period in their own walk and experience, and they're always relating the glory days of the past. Oh, I can remember the days of the tent. <laughs> and glorying, you know, in, in the work of God in my life while we were in the tent. Or the days in the little church. But it is always a sign of spiritual stagnation when you've got to look back to relate some vital experience with God. God wants you to have an up-to-the-moment experience of His grace and power and love in your life and His victory. Now they came to the place where they were satisfied, they were content, they didn't press on to the full victory. Beware of spiritual plateaus. Beware of that spiritual complacency where you come to the place where you're spiritually satisfied. This is as far as I need to go, as far as I desire to go, as far as the rest of the things in my life, well, I can live with them. Whenever you can start living comfortably with your flesh, you are in danger spiritually. Our flesh is a constant enemy to our walk in the Spirit. The Spirit is lusting against the flesh and the flesh against the Spirit, and these two are contrary, the Scripture says. They're opposed to each other. And thus, how important that we press on to the full possession of that which God has promised unto us. But there remained yet very much land to be possessed. And so it tells the territories that they had not yet conquered. Now, God had told them to divide it by lot to the Israelites for an inheritance as I have commanded you. Verse 14, only under the tribe of Levi there is no inheritance. The sacrifices of the Lord God of Israel made by fire are their inheritance, as he said unto them. Now Moses gave to the tribe and the children of Reuben the inheritance according to their families. And he describes the borders on the other side of the Jordan River that belonged to Reuben. And then to the tribe of Gad, he describes from verse 25 to the end the borders of the area that were, were given to Gad, again on the other side of the Jordan River, east from Jericho. Now in chapter 14, we have the interesting account of this fellow Caleb. When Moses had sent out the 12 spies to go into the land, Caleb was a companion to Joshua. And they spied out the south country of Israel. 
from near Jerusalem to the Dead Sea, the Valley of Eshkol, on over to the Valley of Elah, and southwards towards Hebron and Beersheba, on down to uh, the southern border of Kadesh Barnea. Now, when they came back and brought the good reports that, hey, that land is great, they had a, a big bunch of grapes that they carried on a stake between them. They got this pole and they tied this huge bunch of grapes. And I'll tell you, they're in the valley of Eshkol. They have some beautiful, beautiful grapes. Some of the most, oh, can't talk about it. They are good. They, they are eating grapes. They, uh, the Jews only really grow uh, table grapes. They are, they're just a delicious, or th that is the Muslims only grow the table grapes. The Jews grow the wine grapes, but the Muslims grow the eating grapes because the Muslims don't believe in uh, drinking wine. And so they only grow table grapes, but they have, uh, and the area, of course, there in the Valley of Eshkol, Hebron, and so forth, is, is uh, Muslim territory, the Arabs. But they have some of the most delicious grapes, even to the present day, and huge bunches. And so these guys picked one of these great bunches of grapes. They were some of the first tourists to go into the land of Israel. <laughs> the word spies is actually the word for tourist in Hebrew. <laughs> and they brought back souvenirs. <laughs> this big bunch of grapes. And they said, wow, that land is all right. You know, it's flowing with milk and honey. Look at this bunch of grapes that we picked. Oh, it's a good land. But the 10 other spies said, oh man, it's a land that eats up its inhabitants. They have huge cities, big walls, and they're giants there. We were like grasshoppers. And these 10 spies put fear in the heart of Israel. They turned away. Now Moses when God said, all right, you know, you're going to have to wonder. Moses promised Caleb. He said, look, Caleb, when we take the land, you can have that territory that you spied out. That's yours. So they had conquered pretty much the northern part, the upper Galilee region, the area of Samaria. And now Caleb came to Joshua. And he said, Joshua, when you and I spied out the land, when we came back and gave our report to Moses, you'll remember that Moses promised me that I could have for my family the territory that we spied out. He said, now look, I'm 85 years old, but I'm just as strong as the day that we spied out the land. And he said, I want your permission now to go down and take that land that was promised to me. I love the grit of this old fellow. 85 years old, he says, man, I'm ready to go to battle. I'm ready to take that land that God had promised to me, that Moses promised that I could have. I want your permission now to go down and take it. And so Joshua gave unto Caleb the permission to go down in the area of Hebron and those areas around Hebron, the areas that were promised to Caleb, and so Caleb went down and conquered that area around Hebron. He was from the tribe of Judah, and Judah 
actually had that entire area uh, south from Jerusalem, east to the Dead Sea, Jordan River Dead Sea, and west all the way on over towards the Elah Valley where from there to the coast was the tribe of Dan. So Joshua blessed him, verse 13 of chapter 14, and he gave him Hebron and the environs about it for his inheritance. And the reason being given, the end of verse 14, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. So in chapter 15, he describes the portion that was given from Judah, and he tells the borders of the land that was given to Judah, going over at one point clear to the Mediterranean, the area of Hebron, and the area basically south of Jerusalem. Then it tells of the various villages and the cities and all that were in the land that was given to Judah. In verse 62, one of the interesting cities is En Gedi, which is down by the Dead Sea. It is still existing there today. It is one of my favorite places to visit. They have fantastic dates in En Gedi, and uh, they also have a beautiful waterfall, fern grotto, just a, an absolutely gorgeous area. We've got some beautiful pictures of En Gedi, and we are hoping to get our film edited pretty soon sort of a travelogue of Israel and uh, let you see some of that beautiful, beautiful country. In chapter 16, he describes the areas that were given then to Manasseh and to Ephraim, the sons or the descendants of Joseph. Now, part of the tribe of Manasseh settled on the east banks of the Jordan River, but the other part settled on the west banks of the Jordan from the area of Jericho on up through Bethel and uh, the area basically just north from the area of Jerusalem and going north from there, north of Judah. And so verse 10, chapter 16, they drove not out the Canaanites that dwelt in Gezer, but the Canaanites dwell among the Ephraimites unto this day, and they serve under tribute. So again, the failure of, of totally conquering the land. Uh, and uh, as we get into the book of Judges, we'll see uh, the, the cost of this disobedience, of, of failing to totally take the land but allowing some of the people to remain, as the scripture had predicted, they did become thorns in their sides and pricks, and, and they became a real problem to them in time to come. Now, in some of the reading that we skipped over tonight, the listing of all those names, you can't even find the ruins of all those cities anymore. So it's no sense of reading all those names. When you get to those listing of names, just jump over them else your Bible reading will become tedious indeed. Uh, so just jump over whenever you start getting a list of a lot of names. Now, 
I do suggest that you get a good Bible map of the division of the land to the 12 tribes. And a good map will do a lot more for you to understand the places where the 12 tribes uh, lived than trying to read the borders of the cities that don't even exist anymore. So just get you a good Bible map and you can study it on a good Bible map, the apportionment of the land. Now, what they did is that they would draw out the area and then they would, they would have all the tribes' names in a, in, in a little box or something and they'd, pull, you know, they'd, they'd say, okay, now this area on down from uh, Jerusalem on south and so forth, all right, now who's going to have this? They'd draw the lot and, oh, Judah, okay, that's Judah's. And so they, they apportioned the land by lot, by the drawing of lots. And uh, they, would, they would circumscribe an area, then draw lots, and it would go to that tribe who uh, was uh, drawn for that particular area. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Joshua on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Joshua 10 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bring you into a special consciousness of His presence of his love, of his interest in your life. And may you walk in the consciousness of God's grace and be led by his spirit. May you come into a new relationship with God, a very personal relationship with God. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Guess what? I just got a new book by Pastor Chuck Smith. What? Pastor Chuck doesn't write books for kids, just big people. Yeah, he does. Hey, I heard about that too. My mom told me about it. It's called The Story of Noah. And not only that, Pastor Chuck even read it to me. 
Pastor Chuck read you the book? Yep, and he can read it to you too. The Story of Noah is the first of four children's books Pastor Chuck has written for kids three years of age and up. It's never too early to start reading to your children timeless Bible stories filled with exciting facts and practical application for kids taught by Pastor Chuck. And as a gift, each book contains an audio CD of Pastor Chuck actually reading the story of Noah so your kids can read along. To order your copy, call the word for today at 800-272-WORD. Or to see a sneak preview of the story of Noah, also now available as an iBook digital download, you can visit us online at thewordfortoday.org. Again, the number to call 1-800-272-WORD.